one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, Doggy Pod fans, best fans in the world. I'm Dr. Rob Zammett, and welcome back to a brand new episode of your favorite podcast on all things dogs. Wow, best fans in the world. That's a big call, Rob. Oh, they are. Um, Easily. Certainly mine as well. I'm, I'm uh, that bloke's producer, Stephen Peters, and we have got another great episode coming at you right now. Well, t- yeah, this week I'm certainly got some interesting things to talk about. What about dogs that are deaf and blind sounds depressing but it's actually quite inspiring we'll talk about them even just yeah one of those deaf or blind i've I've often wondered how dogs who rely so much on on you know all their senses to survive yeah be interesting to hear about that also uh rob's been out at uh, zambi wildlife sanctuary again doing his uh his vet work and i think you've got a bit of a yarn from uh, out there as well yep and of course, we are going to have this week's episode of Fact, fact or fiction. fiction. Yeah, this week's um, Fact or Fiction is a tasty one. Um, and, and it's around the fact that dogs' mouths are extremely clean. Cleaner than ours, in fact. Uh, the ancient Greeks and Romans used to use dog saliva as a balm for healing. <laughs> it's hmm. hard to believe, isn't it? <laughs> well, I reckon it's a fact, but... What would I know? I'm not a vet. Um, but there is one here, and that's you, Rob. How's your week been in the clinic, by the way? Look, it's been a busy week. Um, for those people that live outside Australia, we've had torrential rain this week. So we've had a lot of uh, people evacuated. And that's probably been the main focus of my work. Uh, fortunately, my veterinary clinic has stayed relatively dry. I mean, it's soggy everywhere on the east coast of Australia. 
You had uh, sandbags, for, didn't you? You were sandbagging oh, your backyard at one stage. No, no, we didn't need them here. We were okay here, but I was helping people sandbag down the road, and we are to the rafters you know, with, with dogs. But I tell you what, it's really amazing. Why I brought this up is that I've gone out to help people that have to have dogs evacuated, and they're not prepared. So no matter where you live in the world, you should prepare for an emergency. You never know when it's going to come. The thing that you should always do is crate train your dogs. The number of dogs that, oh, no, he won't go in the crate. Well, he has to. We've got to get him out of here and to, to a safer ground. These dogs are not used to sometimes going into crates. Fortunately, I was able to just tranquilize the ones that were really uh, astropolis and we got them in there quite okay. So but, what do they do? They start crying and oh, barking. Oh, pulling and... back and, and trying to bite. And, yeah, they just don't want to go into a crate and they're worried. And, yeah, and the owners are all apprehensive, of course, because the waters outside their home are rising. So they get that fear factor going all of a sudden and they think, what the hell, are we supposed to run or fight? Uh, no, we're not supposed to go in a crate. Surely not. They don't normally go in a crate. So please crate train your dog. Please have a suitable crate to move your dog in an emergency situation and always have an emergency evacuation plan. It could be fire. It could be floods. Who else knows what else the world will bring in these uncertain times? No one seems to be able to predict anything these days. But as far as your safety and your pet safety, have a plan in mind. Where is your crate? Is your dog used to going into the crate? But a lot of people probably won't have, you know, may, may not have the room to have a crate around all the time. I mean, are there other things they just need to consider? Uh, well, if they need to get out, as you say, it could be a fire, it could be all sorts of things. I suppose. So many reasons that they need to. And I understand not having a crate in your house all the time, but you need to think seriously about purchasing a crate and, and training your dog to a crate. There might be outside your house. You know, just somewhere in the yard or you know, in a laundry area, wherever. It doesn't have to be up all the time because it'll get in the way. I understand that. But surely you can put a crate up just for a, you know, half a day every fortnight to get your dog used to it. That's what I would suggest. If you have no room for a, a crate uh, being up all the time, and that's quite reasonable, then just put it up specifically for, for training day, have your dog in there for a little while, and then collapse it and put it down. You buy a collapsible, a collapsible tr- crate. Um, there's lots of good collapsible crates that you can put your dog into. So that's the sort of thing I'd be looking at. Um, have you had many people come in this week with dogs that have been affected by like water or anything that have swallowed? Haven't had any drowned. Fortunately, we haven't had any drowned dogs. Uh, that's always a big worry that you, you know, dogs that do drown. Uh, or dogs that go underneath, of course, that's also a big worry. We've had a lot of dogs with severe gastrointestinal upsets, really bad gastrointestinal upsets, because all the water raises all the bugs from there, and the dogs drink dirty water, and it's been going through quite a lot of dogs. That's also something you want to try and keep your dog away from, that when you've got floodwaters, they'll be filthy with effluents and things, so keep them right away from that sort of thing. Don't let them have a slurp of the little the puddle as you're going for a walk. No, and yeah, keep them. Uh, have your plan ready to go wherever you are in the world. Have an evacuation plan for you and your dogs. Very, very important, vital to everybody's survival.
So, Rob, one thing I've, I've always found interesting is, is how dogs that sadly are, are born blind yep. um, or deaf, um, how they how they survive, particularly blind dogs. I mean, sure. yeah, I, I'm trying to fathom how a blind dog, I suppose they use their nose a lot more. Yeah, um, I mean, the ones that are born blind, it's, it's a bit hard to uh, get them accustomed to everything. It's, it's smell. And when you say use their nose more, probably not. Yeah, they live in a world of smell. When the dog is born, it is in fact blind and deaf. Dogs are not born with vision or hearing Yeah, for how long? Uh, Well, their eyes open after about 10 days and they get vision around about 12 to to 14 days, some blurry vision and it comes on by three weeks. And sound, uh, their hearing improves dramatically they hear a little bit at, at about you know, two to three weeks and then it continues to improve, but it continues to improve until they're about six months of age. There's improvement in the hearing all the time. It's not a, a magical thing that they just can hear all the time. But what they are born with, of course, is a sense of smell. If you do get a dog that does go blind, the important thing is not to change anything in the house yeah, routine is really important to these dogs. You have to be consistent with when you feed them, consistent with when you brush them, because touch is essential now. Smell is essential. Yeah, train them to a certain smell all the time. But would... are there diseases that dogs can get that would rob them of their sight? And... Oh, there are, yeah, there are plenty of diseases just like us. I mean, there are congenital things, hereditary things, and infectious diseases. Uh, but more often than not, it's old age. That, get, that causes that, just degeneration. You do get um, retinal degeneration in dogs from hereditary diseases, and that certainly does it. You can get cataracts. You know, that can be fixed, but it does cost thousands of dollars. If people don't have thousands of dollars, it's very difficult. Uh, or if the dog's very old, has a bad heart, and they don't want to put it through surgery, again, you just leave it alone. The, the most important thing is to just... Keep the same routine, use lots of touch, you know, get them used to, to feel and smell. Those two things are, are vital. Uh, their own safety, of course. Uh, you have to be careful that you, you – know, we use those um, baby uh, gates for their safety, so keep them in a reasonably confined area. And vibration can be your friend as well, especially if you have a wooden floor. Difficult if you've got – uh, concrete on your floor or, you know, um, tiles. But, but even that, they can sort of pick up some vibrations. But wooden floors, ideal, because they pick up the vibrations quite easy. Don't forget to use vibrations. But now, here's the thing, Stephen. How the dog came in, it was quite a few years ago now, and it came in, it was deaf and it was blind, and the, the gentleman said, oh, look, I don't want him to suffer. He's not suffering. The dog was quite happy. I said, look, if you was keep the routine going... Was it born deaf or Sorry? Was it born deaf or blind? No, no, this was an older dog. Uh, right. When I say older, he was probably about 10 or 11. So he was in his, his twilight years. Uh, but the gentleman you know, wasn't sure. Was he keeping him alive for his sake? And I said, no, I think this dog's happy dog. You know, when I let him smell my hand, and what I did with my hand before I let him smell it, we uh, often give dogs here barbecued chicken, so I rubbed it all over my hand. He liked it. I gave him some barbecued chicken to eat. This dog responded to me quite well. This was a really intelligent little dog. It was a, a Kelpie. And uh, he, I saw him uh, some weeks later. He said, I am so glad 
He said, that little dog saved my life. I said, what happened? He said, uh, there was a fire in the back of his house. The dog smelt the fire and started barking and barking at night. Uh, it was an electrical fire. Um, he, he'd left a heater on and it caught, it caught fire at the back. The dog's barking woke him. He thought, what's wrong with this dog now? And then he went down and saw the fire, got out of the house and literally saved his life. Deaf, blind, but had that sense of smell and knew danger when he smelt it. So, yeah, they can be deaf and blind, but they can still function very, very well. I've certainly seen blind dogs that can hear herd sheep. They listen to their owner's whistle and they will herd sheep. As long as they can hear, they'll go left or right or whatever. The, how, do they, the, how do they go across sort of uneven ground? And, well, and look, like? yeah, they're pretty sta- – four legs and they just – they trust the owner. They just trust the owner. But it, I, I did see that. I was absolutely gobsmacked when I saw that. I couldn't believe it. Um, yeah, the dog came out. I was on this farm. And he said, yeah, this dog's still a, a really good dog in herding out out in the field. He doesn't take him into the yard because too many turns, too too difficult. But a little flock out in the field, he'd send the dog out, whistle, whistle the dog, and the dog would just, you know, he'd go out, turn whichever way he was whistling and turn back and just bring the herd in, uh, the flock in, sorry. He, he didn't, do, didn't do cattle with him, just did sheep. He didn't want the dog kicked by a cow if he got too close. But yeah, great little dog, great dog. That was blind dog, not deaf, but just blind. But so, yeah, if you've got a deaf and blind dog, you still can have a, a happy life and still be quite fulfilling for them. Remember, smell is everything to them. Routine, patience. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Consistency and vibrations, as the Beach Boys said, good vibrations. <laughs> so it's not, it's not the end of the world. It's no, not the end of the world. You don't need to not have a dog put down. Yep. So Rob, as as regular listeners would know, um, is uh, does a lot of work out at uh, Zambi Wildlife Sanctuary, which is a sanctuary on the outskirts of Sydney that looks after lions and tigers and all sorts of wild animals that uh, are no longer in zoos and circuses and, and the like. And they they um, spend the rest of their life out there pretty happy from what I hear. Now, I know Rob was out there the other day doing some routine stuff, but it just struck me that 
over the years, you've been doing this for for years. A long, strikes, long time. Yeah, yep. What strikes you as kind of one of the more unusual sort of situations well, that's happened? Out? Okay, that's that's a good question, Stephen. And I'm going to bring you in on this a little bit. Uh, a long time ago, uh, they brought in this tiger cub, and it was only just born, and had half a tail. I don't know if you remember Toby, but his mother chopped half the tail off. It was a rainy night. He wasn't expected to live. They got this little cub out and they thought, what do we do with it? So they brought it. So did his mother bite the tail off? Oh, yeah, but, but it was an accident. Yeah, the mothers have to bite the, the placenta. They, they attach, the baby is attached to the placenta. The mother bites the cord to separate them from the placenta. Lucky we don't have to do that with humans, eh? Bite through the cord. So they bite through the cord and separate the the um, the baby from the placenta and it frees the baby up to come and do what it has to do, which is find the breast and get onto the milk. The mother must have accidentally bitten through the tail and this little cub was bleeding but still alive, hanging on to life. It was brought here, I put it in the humidity crib, and uh, after a couple of days, I said, look, yeah, this cub's going well. And they said, you're kidding me. And I said, no, he, he can stay here. And so, yeah, he was the first cub that I had to hand rear. Much later on, I used to take him to schools. In fact, you and I did a story on that. I used to take the tiger cub to different schools, and you, you followed me with the cameras into one of the schools where we would take Toby and teach children about endangered species. Do you remember that? I, I do. Yeah, I do. It was you, you, were, you were an early version of the Tiger King. No, really. <laughs> but it, Heaven forbid. But they did a couple of funny things with him. We'd gone to this school and he came back home with me. Uh, home was a different place to where I am now. And he used to uh, go out with my German Shepherd and my Cross Kelpie into the backyard to go to the toilet or whatever and I'd bring him back in. So... Uh, they, were, they were having a party in the house behind us. I let him out to go to the toilet. I heard a bit of a commotion. I thought, I'd better bring them in, yeah, call them back inside. The next morning, I was quietly having, it was Sunday morning, I was having a, a coffee. They, their party had finished late. I was having a coffee and reading the paper. I'd let Toby out, and I hear this scream of a child. I thought, oh, my gosh, what's he done? He's got through the gate and bitten the child. And the child was on the other side of the fence, fence yelling, Mummy, it's Toby, it's Toby. I'd taken it to the school uh, where this child was, didn't know the people, and they came ah. down, the husband came down, and he said, I told you I wasn't drunk. The commotion I'd heard was when Toby was out, the husband had come out in the backyard, saw the tiger through the fence or something, went back in to tell everybody, and, and I brought the tiger in. When they came out, there was nothing there, and they said, you are really <laughs> drunk. But this tiger used it's to all have in the another, timing. Ha another habit. He would lie in the back of my car in the station wagon. So I'd put him in there with the German Shepherd and the Kelpie to come to work. I was stopped at some lights. I was in the middle lane. And whenever I stopped, he'd often stand up. The car in the lane to my right was going past as he stood up. And I, I looked across because I saw the guy turn his head looking at the tiger, thinking, what the hell is standing up in the back of that car? And crash, he crashed into the car in front. <laughs> oh, oh, I felt no. so bad. Lights turned green, I just drove off. <laughs> what else could I do? <laughs> could you imagine, like, and you, and good. the police would have come and he said, I'm sorry, but there was a tiger in the back of the car. 
Breathe into yes. this, sir. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh, so, that's funny. And and do you know whatever happened to Toby? Yes, Toby went back and uh, ended up um, going to the pet section where there was children would see him through the wire. They weren't allowed to touch him, of course. But he lived a, a, quite a happy life that way. And uh, he out, was good. Out, he had out at Zambi. Only half a tail, a poor little devil. <laughs> Always remembered him, but he was the first one that we had uh, had to hand read and did very, very well, did a lot of good work teaching children about tigers in particularly and all endangered species. I would go to these different schools and just meet with these kids because it's really important. You can watch things on TV, sure, but when you can feel it and see it and smell it and touch it, it's entirely different. When you learn about it, that's when you're going to preserve it. You will not preserve what you don't know. You will not care about those things you don't know. And so if you don't know enough about tigers in the jungle and realise what we've done, the devastation we've done to their environment, the devastation we've done to the tigers themselves, shooting them out, if you don't know all those things, you won't give a damn whether they are going to become extinct or not. At the moment, there are more, more tigers in captivity, Stephen, than there are in the jungles. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, there you go. If you can't, uh, I mean, they're not as good as a dog. But if you can't get a dog, get a tiger. <laughs> That'll do. <laughs> All righty. It is time for Fact or Fiction. <laughs> are you doing the echo part? Are you? Right? That's good. Very Love impressive. It. Uh, and this week's fact as far as I'm concerned, is that dogs' mouths are extremely clean, despite what you think, uh, actually cleaner than ours. And as I mentioned before, uh, through history, saliva of canines has been used on wounds and bruising and abrasions or whatever. Um, but yes, dogs actually have extremely clean mouths. So Rob, fact or fiction? Well, I think we have to treat it as fiction, Stephen. I think at times a dog can have an extremely clean mouth, no doubt about that. But there are lots of other times when not so clean. The study that they did on dogs' mouths showed 600 different bacteria that live inside there. Now, bacteria can be bad or good, we know that. But if you think about a dog's mouth, you've got to treat it as bad, that there's, there's bugs there. Funnily enough, yeah, a dog keeping a wound of a, its own wound clean can be good if the dog's mouth is healthy, you know, if you've got good teeth, etc. But if you've got a bug, especially a bug that causes problems in their mouth, that will transfer to you quite easily and cause problems, not just in your mouth, but all over, wherever they lick you. And if you get a disease like streptococcus, that can cause tonsillitis in dogs. They, dogs have tonsils at the back of their throat, just like we do. And when they become inflamed, it's tonsillitis. Now, that can be transferred to a human. Oh, that's not good. That's no, not yeah, good you could get tonsillitis from your dog. Uh, and especially with children, you know, they, they, they don't have a strong immunity, and yet they're the ones that really want to give the dog a kiss all the time. And dogs are known for, I know we talked about tongues last week, but, you know, Dogs certainly like to give you a big tongue kiss right down into your mouth if they get there. So, Well, lots of people love being kissed and licked by yeah. their dogs and, and I think are assuming their dogs are reasonably I th clean. I think if you not, keep not your dog's case. mouth healthy by a raw bone once a week and just you know, keep checking 
what they drink and what they eat, uh, you're probably going to get away with it all the time. I must admit, I'm always kissing my dog as they kiss me. I was right going to say, you're you're the worst. Yep, I, I know. <laughs> Your dogs are do as slurping I say, all over as you. I do. And the reason I say to just treat it as not healthy is because children, um, as a, their immune system hasn't developed yet, uh, anyone with a compromised immune system or on the, any drugs that might compromise the immune system, that's going to be bad news for them. So you've really got to be a bit, bit more careful about how you do it with your dog. If you know that your dog's mouth is clean, the teeth are clean, the gums are clean, okay, let them give you a kiss if you must. I do. <laughs> so I guess there's no such thing as uh, doggy mouthwash, is there? Oh, yes, there is. There are there, there is are pet, there are pet um, toothpastes that you can use and a toothbrush, but I don't find them that effective. I find giving them a hard bone or a hard biscuit is much more effective than anything else at keeping their mouth clean. But remember that bone is raw; it's probably got bugs on it. So let them uh, let the dog's immune system take care of all those first before you go touching them. Uh, you can get mouthwashes, but nah, not so good. The only mouthwash I would use if my dog has an infection would be an iodine-based wash. And I wouldn't use it often, but just clean out any infection there. You get them for humans, yeah, those iodine gargles that you get for humans. Yeah. So what, how would you get, how do you, how do you talk, how do you convince a dog to gargle? I just give him a glass with a gargle and say, put your head back. No, no. Well, you would only use like a, a, a light brushing through his mouth. And don't have to use a brush, you could use your own finger, just dunk it in or a rag or something and just clean his mouth that way if you have to, if you're worried about ulcers or anything like that. All right, we hope you have enjoyed this week's show. Well, are we finished already? Uh, yeah, we've got, we've got places to go, things to do. You've got to get the sandbagging out the back of your house. Um, <laughs> no, my house is I've got to bring in the washing. You know, there's, there's lots to do. Lots there's lots to, to do. do. But don't worry, we'll be back uh, next week, uh, yeah, Friday, as always, with another episode of The Doggy Pod. Um, check us out on Facebook and Instagram, and uh, we will see you next week. Um, and Rob likes to be wise from time to time and he likes to save that wisdom till the end of each episode yeah, so uh, Rob I'll leave you to sign off one of the things that always gets me is that people get worried about especially with crossbreeds what breed do you think my dog is or they say oh this is my favourite breed or this that's my favourite breed forget all that your favourite dog lives in your yard in fact the best dog in the world lives in your yard with you all you have to do is let it out of the box, open the back door, let them in, and they will show you why they are the best dog in the world. They'll always be there for you. They'll love you to death. They won't leave your side. So please, don't worry about what breed you've got. Worry about what dog you have. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 